Coming up, I talk about a film instead of a shoot, and Matt talked about rodeo. Talk about IndyCar racing and golf and the similarities between the two. That was interesting you went because we just kind of disagree with a lot of things. And we kind of like disagreed again on uh, Cross Counter. It's the um, episode of disagreements. Happy, happy, happy. Episode 48 is next. This is you, Vocal. Shalom. This is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and if you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way, since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment. Please click on the PayPal donations link on our website, which is biglensfastshutter.com, to show us how much you love us, because we are here to make you a better sports photographer news here news both for you and i will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month we talk about ourselves because that's all there is to talk about <laughs> and because we just talk for an hour about things and that's talked out and uh yeah i've been on the road for months and everything's starting to look exactly the same i haven't really had any best or worst shoots every everything has been good i it's definitely been a lot of work because as i was just telling you basically i work for four months out of the year and those four months i'm working basically 24 7 and traveling but it's been good i'm definitely doing good work it's i've been taking a lot of chances and going places and Knowing that I'm going to come away with nothing just because I am swinging for the fences at this point. And I've been making pictures that have been making myself happy and making my clients happy. So all that is good. Um, It's just the traveling. And I think once people start making the jump to being full-time at this, they'll realize how significant traveling is to the whole thing. The only bad thing is I had my ladder stolen at a rodeo by another photographer. So how do you know it was another photographer then? They were the only people uh, I'm not allowed to. You want to accuse someone on the, on, on the air? I know he's listening, so what's up? Okay. Um, the ladder that I used to escape wild livestock um, was stolen. And the interesting part was that the other three photographers' ladders were not stolen. So only mine. So somebody, I guess, theoretically came out of the crowd and into the arena and just stole my ladder. <laughs> not likely. But the good news is that I got rid of an old, that, that ladder was old and wooden and very heavy, and I got a new aluminum one that's really light. So he actually did me a favor. Best May, I have to say it's Mad Max. I, um, so it's not, a, it's not a shoot. And I really wanted to see Mad Max. I I'm been I'm found the original and i couldn't wait to see the new one and i really didn't think it was gonna be that good because trailers are always good and the the new i mean the, the actual film is really always crap i saw it and i am now reminded that there is no limit to imagination and creativity and everything because i think it's 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 by far the best action film i've ever seen in my life and they did so many things that i've never thought would be possible and I felt really quite bad of, about myself because I think I was putting my, you know, a limit to what I can do and how much I can do. 
and uh, Mad Max is going to put me into perspective and I think I can do a better job in the future. I think the worst is I started this thing called Eternal Derbies, which is like all these like um, there's seven Eternal Derbies in Eastern Europe. And that is my next project. They're like um, Slovakia and Croatia and uh, Serbia and um, Greece and all those kind of places, seven of them. And I went to the first one. It was um, Dinamo Zagreb and Hajduk Split. So it's Zagreb and Split. Long story short, protesting on both sides, the, the fans, like ultras on the both sides, decided not to come to the match. So basically it was an, almost an empty stadium for a really big derby and I cried and that was it but you gotta do what you gotta do with what you've got left and I did what I can do but it's kind of a um, shitty start to the uh, entire series but hopefully things will pick up and I hope to complete the entire thing in the next two years because I think I need to do 14 matches like home and away for one derby so there's seven of them times two will be 14 an auspicious you know start to the whole shebang but Hey, you know, I'm sure it will work out sometime in the near future. Let's talk about Critical Beatdown. So Critical Beatdown is a service we do that for $100, we will critique 15 of your photos. I think someone, someone actually did send us $100 for Critical Beatdown. We have not received the photo, so please send it to us. Either Matt or Matt's clone will be able to critique your work with me. Uh, I think it's well worth it. You can actually have the video. We're going to be doing it on video. So you might see the um, the result. Uh, you might actually want to share it with the rest of your friends and the rest of BLFS. Or you can keep it private. Let's read up to you. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com or please go to Flickr.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter. Recently, we had a listener ask us about horse racing. No. No. Shooting an indie car race. Ping pong? Ah, yeah, that's it. Indie car race. Um, I'm and... sure your ping pong experience will come in very handy. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Absolutely all the time. That's such a valuable lesson I learned in ping pong. So Matt Cohen, it's not. We're not just talking about indie cars. We're talking about your media center or your base being very, very. Am I getting this right? Very far away from your where your shoot point is. Yeah, that's part of it. Like I think everybody shoots most of the time in locations where you know you put your stuff down in the media room and your computer, and then you go out and shoot, and you come in at halftime and go back out and shoot the second half, and you come in after the game. And if you forgot something, then it's just a couple minutes to go and get it. Mm. But then it's also how to prepare because if you're shooting, you know, football or basketball or something, it's everything is all in the same place and it's got the same lighting. Um, and it doesn't matter what time of day it is mostly because either it's light or they're, it's under the floodlights. Really what we're talking about when, you, when you're shooting an IndyCar race on a road course is that your stuff is going to be sometimes two miles away from you. So you need to make sure that you have what you need because walking back is going to cost you, I don't know, back and forth half an hour, 40 minutes or something like that. And if the race is only... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is a, is a child getting maimed in the background? Oh. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. That re- See, this is what happens, Matt. Cohen, so crazy, keeps a child... And, um, yeah, child gets paid to, um, 
whale for a long time. Ah, no, no, it's fired now. Yeah, we live in a very weird times. But go ahead, Matt Cohen. Swimming pool. Saying? It was swimming pool. It's 95 that's, degrees. That's what here. they all say. Yeah, it's very hot. <laughs> hot, hot in California. All right. Anyway, so walking to and from the media center, if you forgot something on an IndyCore and Indy, IndyCar course or a NASCAR course or something, it could cost you 40 minutes of you know a two-hour race. That's pretty significant. So it's the idea of having everything with you and it's the idea of planning where you want to be because not everything is happening all in the same place. So my experience shooting auto racing is really what we're talking about here because I don't really shoot anything else other than, I don't know, multi-field rugby, which you can be kind of far away, but that's not really the same thing. So shooting NASCAR and IndyCar on uh, a road course, which they have one in Sonoma, which is pretty close to me. The first time I did it was a NASCAR race, and I was really unprepared because I'd never done it before and didn't ask the right questions before I was going. And what you have to think about is these are usually three-day events. There's practice on the first day, and then there's qualifying on the second day where they figure out who's going to start where, and then the race is on the last day. There is generally there are way more opportunities to shoot because the practice session will be most of the day and the qualifying session will be at least half a day, but then the race itself is only a couple of hours. So you need to know who you want to shoot and what you're trying to do because you want to get that done in the first couple of days so that the race is just a bonus at that point because you can get the early morning or the late afternoon pictures on the days leading up to the race, but the race is going to be at noon or one o'clock and it's going to be pretty bad light. So the first thing I would say is know what your plan is as far as who you need to shoot and then get a map of the track and figure out where the sun goes up and where it goes down and where it's going to be. Look at the turns. Some turns will have better light in the morning than it will at night. Some will have better backgrounds because the sun won't be shining as brightly in the background. So those things are important. You can get a map of the course on Google and you can figure out what the direction is mm. by you know compass. A lot of times the track photographer, I think they have them everywhere, like the official track photographer will pass out a sheet that'll have like safety instructions on it and it'll also have uh, where the light will be at any given time. I think it's, I did something very similar with golf and, you know, besides I was telling Matt that I had to like walk, you know, very far. And then I have to go walk very far back to the media center because I forgot, like, you know, memory. I did I did the one with memory card. I'm half an hour, like 20 minutes away from, like, walking with everything you've got on your yeah. 400, everything. So, yeah, I, I learned to make sure that I got everything before I left. Besides the stupidity aside, I've actually known a photographer who was at the, the, the Open, the British Open with me, and he's... <laughs> he forgot his battery in his camera <laughs> to go back and get it so it does you have to be very very careful um they they kind of like shut certain places so you can't even go back to the the, the way you came from and that's it you have to go all the way yeah, around that's true a mess, big mess. Yeah. as matt alluded what well, matt just said not really alluded to he just said exactly that the the course itself so let it be you know whatever you know car racing or golf or whatever like things are outside and it's very very big you know where things are and at certain times, like you want to get a specific shot of, you know, light, like sun and shadows and things like that. You can kind of pre-plan it 
And so again, this time you have to go here, this time you have to go there, that kind of stuff that could also be done. But you do have to think ahead because sun does move and so do the the players. If you're not too crazy, like it's not like if you're, okay, if you go to a golf course and you really want to shoot Tiger Woods, who might be dead by the time we're talking about this now, but it's just, if it's just normal golf, like any golf you want to shoot, then just like waiting at a location at a certain time where the sun's at a certain position, that's fine. But if you're looking for a certain player, then you have to make sure that you look at the leaderboard or like the, the, the board. Some places even have an application for the specific, you know, event and will tell you exactly where the golfers are, like which tee they're at and things like that. I'm not sure it's probably the same for racing because they go a bit faster. But the good thing is they're going to come at the same spot you know, unless they crash a couple of times, you're going to be able to actually go and get them. It's very, very important to make sure you know what you're going to be doing that day, especially when, when it comes to these type of events, such as golf or racing, where things change and it's very, very big. The place is so big, you need to just really plan it out because otherwise you won't get anything. And that really will be a shame. Um, vantage points, also very important. If you want to go high, if you want to go low, in certain places only let uh, X number of photographers there at a certain time. So you need to really plan on that as well and everything. So you can extend this entire idea to like other sports as well because it is it, planning is, is so important that most people think that you just going to go to an event, just blast away and you get something. You can. But I think you'll get even better if you can plan it, if you can kind of simulate what you want to do that day. Then you'll be a better photographer like Matt Cohen, who's a multi-award winner at this time now. We've not, we can't even keep track of how many awards he's won at this point, but a lot. The the idea is that if you're shooting a basketball game and you your plan goes wrong, um, and you need to go change lenses or you need to move around or something like that. It's relatively trivial to do that kind of thing. But the reason that you need to do the extra planning when you're shooting something that happens on a course that's two miles long or an 18-hole golf course or something like that is that if something goes wrong, you're very far away from the, thing, the other things that you need. So again, going back to when I first shot at Sonoma, it was that I didn't have uh, water with me and I didn't have sunscreen with me and it ended up being like 95 degrees and 100% sunny the whole time. And because I'm an idiot, didn't go back and get those things and stayed out there and shot and got a really bad sunburn and got dehydrated to the point where I couldn't really do anything the next couple of days. So you want to plan ahead. Like you don't need a whole lot of water because they'll bring it to you at some point or you'll go to a flag guy station or something and maybe he'll share one with you or something like that. But you do need to have one or two with you and then the other things uh memory cards and batteries again they're not going to be five minutes away they're going to be 30 minutes away and if you can't shoot because you fill up a card or your battery dies you're just wasting time so and effort because you know the more walking you do for no pictures the less you're going to have the energy you're going to have to actually make the pictures so those are important too the other thing is that again unless you're shooting for breaking news the picture uh, that you get of the the eventual winner in qualifying or practice is going to look basically exactly the same as the one during the race so yeah you want to be at the finish line for when the winner does a burnout or jumps out of his car and dances or something like that you don't need to have a million pictures of the winner 
on that day because you can get those the day before. So what I would do, I haven't shot a long race like that in, I don't know, maybe a year, a year and a half. What I would do if I was shooting one today would be I would take out the long lens on the qualifying and the practice days, but I would just leave it behind on the, the actual day of the race. I'm not recommending this. I'm just saying this is what I would do. I would get the close-up shots and the detail shots that I needed in, in the first couple of days, and I would be as mobile as I could during the actual race so that you can get... Carrying a 400 through the pit lane is not a whole lot of fun. You, It gets very hectic down there, and it's also... It's not dangerous as in regularly, but it can be. You know, they can spill fuel. There have been fires. There have been wrecks in the pit. So carrying a 400 around during all that is really not the best way to go. So when I do that, I like to leave that either in a locker or just leave it at home. So again, there are pictures that you can get that you don't need the 400 for. You can, especially in the car course, you can get, that's the second time on it. You can get closer to it and you don't necessarily need a 400 or a 300 or whatever for for that kind of stuff. A 70 to 200 can get you close enough to the action on certain courses, certainly city courses, which I think is the one that Kevin was asking about. So yeah, you know, get your stock stuff and get your long lens stuff on the practice and qualifying days and then just take wides and a 70 to 200 or something for for the last day. And then that gives you more ability to carry water and to carry sunscreen and you know a towel and the other things that you need and you know you can take a power bar so that you don't get hungry in the middle of it like all this stuff is to make it easier for you to move around make you you know save your energy it's it is the summer and most of the you know the world of the people that listen to us so you want to be able to not let the heat get to you as much as it would if you were carrying around a ton of gear carry what you can plan the shots that you can and you know don't neglect yourself as far as water and sunscreen those those are the most important things talk to the track photographer know the safety restrictions and you know the track photographer he he knows that he's not in competition with you so the guy that they used to have at Sonoma was incredibly helpful and he would say okay well if this is your first time here you really want to get this shot and those kind of things can definitely help so make friends with the the track guy Usually he's the one that's passing out pit passes, so it's also good to make friends with him for that reason, too. Not everybody gets to go in the pits at the same time, and you might be limited to practice or qualifying for that, too, but it's better than nothing. If you are listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple, and then rate us. Please rate us. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are, and one day we might be featured as the top sports photography podcast. If you're not giving us money, you should definitely be rating us because it doesn't cost anything and it doesn't take very long, so help us out. You win is a competition, period. And it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Uh, listeners pit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS. And of course, win a t-shirt while you're at it. If you want to play along, pause this podcast now. Paused. Good. Now go to our Flickr group page, which is flickr.com, and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter. 
and look for the this month uh, you win. And uh, I guess we'll see who'll win by now. Now, now I'm just kind of like looking and thinking like, well, is it really worth the first place? No, man, I talked about this, whether or not we should go back to the whole theme thing. It's, it, it feels a bit, you know, free willy. Well, that's me even probably even more dangerous than the, the photos we actually see over here. It's just really just puppy photos. So Matt Cohen, just in general, this month, what do you think? There are three pictures that I think are okay before i couldn't even really find any that i was okay with and now i think that there are three that i'm okay with okay and then a couple near misses people obviously taking chances and you know maybe not executing as well as i would have liked but i you know because they figured it out on their own i think they'll probably get there but not this month number three uh i have jimmy uh number three with this golf picture oh it's the backswing with the sun in it he he was worried about whether it looked over processed or not and yes it does but i do like it because it's not just a random kind of thing like he was definitely going for something and i like the the effort of it i like how the the club is really close to where the sun is and everything does seem to be lined up i like the lens flare going on it's just I don't know why it has to look like that where the golfer is i don't know what that's adding to it but it's just you can see like the dark halo around the subject and I don't know why you needed that. Hmm? Dark halo? What dark halo? Well, look around the brim of the hat and the face of the of the golfer. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, you know, it, it goes from the oh, silhouette yeah, yeah. to very light to then dark again in the sky. Um, that's from over-processing it. Just until like two seconds ago, I actually had another one for a third, but just listening to Matt, and poor praise on this picture i think i'll go with this one as well number three did i did i pour not really but i think i just kind of like looked at mine the other one in mind which was the the scott rathke one lacrosse Lacrosse. the only sport like only exists in like eastern united states (laughs) it's true isn't it it's exactly that yeah pretty much yeah the problem that i have with that is that it's just the idea is good there's no like i don't know plan it's just like it happens to like be there and that and the girl in the the foreground is just like not doing her job of being you know i don't know cool in the picture and there has to be something quite interesting going on or something interesting going on and therefore by default and the praise that was poured onto jay ross's jimmy's picture well goes to jimmy's picture as well i don't i think i I feel it's a bit too plain for me but plain like in a really you know in a a non-interesting way but i like the fact that he he thought about it and that obviously we like to pour praise for people who put an effort into it but not necessarily get a very high ranking um you win jimmy good job keep it going and make it interesting next time number two uh mikhail's hockey picture okay this is what i was talking about this is good this is like kind of picture that we're looking for where it's less obvious and it's more taking into consideration everything that's going on i think that this was not as well executed as i would have liked and i know that mikhail is capable of executing these kind of things i think that the the angle of this is wrong Mm. in that there's the ceiling of the of the arena is too prominent Mm. so what would i have done i would have framed it so that the top edge of the picture was the uh, lights, mm. the, the beginning of the lights. And I guess that would have meant 
being up a little bit higher and shooting down a little bit mm. more so that the you, I guess you would have been getting the the tops of the helmets kind yeah. of and it really wouldn't have taken anything away because you can't see the players faces anyway so you know whether it's the side of the helmet or the three-quarter top of the helmet or whatever doesn't really matter but when you first look at this picture the tan colored ceiling of the arena is competing with the lights as the focus of the picture and you don't want that you want this picture is about those lights and it's about the players waiting to come in it's not about the ceiling but you've made it about the ceiling and the lights and then the players and that's a problem in you communicating what's important and what's going on there to the people that are looking at the picture. So it was a good effort and it's good instinct to go there and do it, but you need to keep in mind, you know, what is the most important thing that you're trying to show here? And it's not 20% of the picture being the ceiling of the arena. It's not visually appealing and it doesn't help the picture at all. I liked this picture but I turned it down because the most prominent thing should be A, the lights, and B, the guy who's actually trying to put the mouthpiece into his mouth. And I didn't even see it that he was doing that until I actually got the, the photo bigger. And that really, 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 really bothered me. So I took it out of the whole consideration because I thought, okay, interesting idea, badly executed. And my second goes to Nin Lei and the hurdling girl. I like the simplicity of it. Not too crazy about people kind of turning the camera because in most cases it doesn't work. And I thought about, okay, would it actually been better had it been, you know, to kind of, because it doesn't, the people, a lot of people do like in a lot of racing, you know, and most of time it doesn't work when you turn a camera at a certain angle. Um, I've seen it in tennis as well. It just doesn't really do it. It, it looks like it's cool, but once you're going to start looking, it doesn't really feel right. And this one, to me, I think if I was uh, that close, I would have done it straight. And I think it would have been even better if you had, oh, look, it's the sky. And look, oh God, the girl jumping over it. You could just have the sky and the girl and Dalot in it. She's flying over it. That would have been more interesting for me. Yeah, this seems, this seems like a wasted opportunity. I think so. Like, there's not a whole lot of time that you can get this close. To what's going on and yeah you you don't have to be so literal about it you don't need to have the context in every picture the sky and the girl and the top of the hurdle yes do you need the lane and the turf on the side of the lane and no. your shadow <laughs> no. No. Um, oh, no so if you can get that close to the action then you really really need to take advantage of it and i'm not saying that you didn't think about this but i don't think you thought it through quite enough when i'm able to get very close to what i'm shooting i get excited like that's what excites me and maybe it's because i've shot football and baseball for too long and you're 15 yards away at the minimum from what you're shooting and you have far less options that when i get to shoot rodeo through a fence that's you know three feet away from the bucking shoot or something or when I get to be on top of the bucking chute when they're getting ready to buck, that excites me because it opens up a lot of possibilities and to get a, a really impactful kind of picture. And I see that that's what you were going for. You are very close to the runner and the track and the hurdle and all of that, but you're kind of taking away a lot of that by having it so wide 
you're sucking a lot of the impact out of it by having, you know, there's like soccer goals in the background. Like I said, the track and the turf and all that kind of stuff. They just don't need to be there. And the picture would be way more dramatic if they weren't in there because there wouldn't be things leading your eye away from the subject of the picture. It's a waste of opportunity, but that was more, less of a waste than the other one that Matt was saying. The number one for this month. It's been a while. We got one. Ghost uh, two. I have Tom Beering. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. So that's not makes it interesting. All right. Go ahead. This is similar to the other ones, you know, as far as like the lacrosse picture and the golf picture, as in it's a silhouette with the sun being in the frame. Uh, I like the color on this. I like the fact that the sun is going through that guy's leg and it's right next to the guy kicking the ball right in the middle of the frame, but that it's not just those things. Like he widened it out to give it more context. So the thing that we were saying about the last picture, I think is that was hurt by the context is helped by this one kind of like repeating you have what's important right in the beginning and then it's echoing across the rest of the frame so better than the ones that we've seen before it's not a great picture but uh i do like it i like that his work is getting better pretty much every month and that he's taking chances this one the only thing that bothers me about this picture is where it's cropped at the top either i want to see his head or crop it down even lower and just get his leg. That would be, that's all I don't like mm. about it. That's one of the really big reasons I don't like this photo. The the head thing. I, it really bothers me. Had he been closer and he can only see his legs, I think it would have been okay. That balance? No, I'm serious. Like, it's just like, it just doesn't do it for me, this one. I like, the fact that, like, he's got, like, balls kind of hanging type of thing with the sun and everything but that's kind of about it i like me too like i'm I'm happy that thomas making progress but this to me feels very poorly executed it's not a wasted opportunity thing it's more of a wasted just framing thing the fact that the head is not in it seems very very unbalanced especially the fact that the the guy is in the foreground just doesn't really that's why i didn't even make my top three Oh, this is good. It's been a long time huh? since we actually like, had this massive disagreement for this. My Monday number one goes to Alvaro Campos, um, Vancouver Whitecaps versus LA Galaxy. It's you need to think what you can use, and I think I'm assuming this is reflection or a flare. It's gotta be reflection or both. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a reflection. I loved it when I first saw it. I merely like it. I'm not like endorsing this 100% like, we'll look at this because I kind of think there, there are now flaws that I see on this and I'll talk about it now. But I really do like the fact that it's um, oval light thing is actually going through the whole thing. I think it's beautiful. It's, there's nothing really interesting going on. But still like the idea I think was so, 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 so good. Especially the fact that like it just kind of goes across from one, from the left to the right, the, the oval thing. Had this been a bit more balanced, like for instance, like, there has to be something in the center, like just be something going on, especially this, an image like this. In the center, to just kind of balance things out. The two hands that are, you know, um, the guy uh, second from the left, basically the blonde dude. If he was in the center, and if that those two hands that are kind of like you know gripping his shoulders would be in the center, it would be more balanced, I think. Um, something just has to be done for it to be in more of a balance, and especially. If you're going to overcome the balancing issue, it's going to have to be something that's going to have something to do with like um, being interesting, the photo itself, because it's not. So maybe I don't really have a number one this this month. 
I got a problem with every single one of them. I don't like. I can't just like you know hold my hand up and say, "Hey, it's great." You know. I don't uh, necessarily think that there's one that's worthy of being in first. I I am pleased that overall it's better than it's been. Mm. I see what he was going for here, and I certainly know why you like it because this is something that you would do. It's lacking a little bit in a lot of areas, and it it drives. Mm be charitable it's lacking a tiny little bit in a lot of areas it's not off by all that much it's just off by a little bit in a lot of ways you know what i mean by that those oval flares being at a weird angle like that for me i would want to see those be parallel or perpendicular or something like completely diagonal or something like that but having them be off of parallel by a little bit is distracting having that guy's head cut off on the side and then have like Rhea was talking about the balance of it the the bald guy's cut off on one side but then there's a space for a head on the other side that's a problem and then the black guy in the background looks out of place in you know relative to the rest of the circle i honestly can't tell if he's supposed to be in it or out of it that kind of i don't know if it's uh flare or smoke up at the top having that be off as well and i think that all of that stuff if this had been a picture of a reaction like an emotional reaction or if it had been in a coach yelling at somebody on the team or if it had been an actual play during the game all that kind of stuff could have been overcome but because there's really nothing happening in it it it's not enough to overcome the you know like the artistic parts of it there's no payoff it's just you know guys in a circle behind them i want to see people making progress every month and there are certain people there are mm. certain people who are I do too. making progress every month i think that you know even some of the people where we've been yelling at them for not making progress have been making progress so i'm not uh. you know ready to pull the pin right now but you know i hope that alvaro and some other people don't hold these photos especially tightly so that they can hear what we're saying we like that you're taking chances but that doesn't guarantee a good picture. And here are the little things that you need to change to turn a picture that's almost there into something mm-hmm. that's really good. That is our goal. Yes, it can get frustrating. And yes, it's way easier to take steps up when you suck to become mediocre or from going from mediocre to fairly good or something like that. And it gets a lot harder when you get towards the top end of it to go from making really good pictures to making great pictures. It's very difficult to do that. And that's where tiny little degrees of difference mean a whole lot. And some of these, that's where they are. Like this could have been a great Mm. picture. I'm not sure in this exact setting, maybe this was the best he could do given the angles of where the lights were coming from and what it was reflecting off of and how close this was to the field. And if anybody ever went there during the game or something like that, like there's a lot of variables that we don't know, but this could have been a good picture here somewhere else if they had been doing something else, any number of reasons. So you have to stay with it and you have to say, okay, the next time I'm doing this, I'm going to take that extra five seconds to say, okay, I got this picture. Now let me look at the back of the camera real quick and figure out if I take two steps over to the right and square the camera up to whatever they're reflecting, is that going to make it better? Yes. Okay. Getting to that point where you can make those kind of changes on the fly will make you a way better photographer. But it you have to be present when you're shooting. You can't be like, 
okay, I have 30 seconds to get back to where, because they get back to where I'm shooting from because of the kickoff. Sometimes you have to let that go and you have to go all out to get the picture. Those 30 seconds or that five seconds or whatever it is, the faster you can see what's going on either with your eyes or with the back of the camera and make tiny little adjustments, the better your pictures, the end result will be. To, to win, you guys need to execute. Like just having a decent picture and a good idea yeah. isn't enough. Like we're, we're fine helping people off the bottom, but the people who are higher up and the people who have made a lot of progress, you don't win just because you made a decent picture. Like it, it needs to be a winning picture. It needs to be something that would be published in, in a, in a way other than just, Oh, this is what happened in this game. Like you need to have something that somebody, some editor or somewhere would say, okay, this needs to be in a big picture gallery or this needs to be in a, you know, pictures of the week gallery at least or something like that. And I don't see really any of these being in the, the better collections of pictures. So you do have to try harder. You do have to button up those final little details and it's not easy. I know that, but you need to do it whether it's for us or whether it's for you or, your job or whatever you need to make that jump i'm not that disappointed i i think you know they need to get better but i'm not i'm you know i'm not upset about it so that's it wow this video on a really high note huh? let it go on all right how is it that like i just don't understand why can't people just like keep on disappointing me over and over and over? I just don't get it. Don't get it. I don't get it. Please disappoint me even more, Matt Cohen. Go ahead. <laughs> Cross counter. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Well, you probably should have listened to us before we started recording. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to prove you wrong, at least temporarily, with. <sighs> Cross counter. Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands, as long as it's not Ryu, as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. Absolutely not. Really, really, really. It's been a horrible, like, letdown of a podcast at this point now. But, you know, there's, there has to be negative and a positive. And today, uh, we're going to kind of kind of make it a bit of an adjustment. We're only going to have one photo. Matt absolutely do not agree with me why he just doesn't like this photo, but I, I think I think it's a, one of the better cover sports illustrated had in a long time. Yeah, I guess I should go because I, I'm the one who uh, who found this and uh, my, will counter right after me in Sports Illustrated as the American Pharaoh or is it called Faroa? I think it's called Faroa, right? Or is it Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Because isn't like isn't Pharaoh like spelled differently? Doesn't matter to me. This photo, if you, I mean, you're looking at it right now. It tells a story of time. I will give you a hundred times out of a hundred. The background is crappy, but there's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do. I cannot tell DraftKings to go away, or I cannot tell Longines to go away. I cannot tell like whatever Belmont dash like have a bigger sign that says Belmont on it. And these crazy, stupid, the orange people, orange wearing people. I cannot do anything about them. And those are really, 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 really distracting. But, if you want to isolate everything, obviously the guy who was shooting this picture is definitely not at the right place. But his whole thing was that he wanted to get all the people holding up the, the cameras to shoot the picture. 
And I think, giving the context of how how busy probably things were and everything, this probably is the best he can do if what he wanted to do was to really show memorable event, this whole thing. It was like, what, his first Triple Crown in 36 years? Something like that, right? 38 years? Yeah. It's a long, 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 long time. By the way, there's a link in... Um, uh, it's a post in uh, Deadspin where you can actually follow how fast Secretariat was going uh, compared to uh, American Pharaoh, and it's laughable. I could have shot this, this exact thing. I would have risked everything to make sure that I got the background thrown off. So basically saying that I would try to get everything, all the mobile phones and everything. I was shot with a bit longer lens, so you can see that there's a lot of mobile phones out there, and you can see very glimpse off American Pharaoh zooming right past. But that's the only yeah. other thing I would actually have done. That's a big thing. I know. But I think I'm getting a bit of a pass with sports because it's so shitty with their pictures. That I think it's one of the most decent ones that I've, I've, and I've had. And I really like the, disregarding the background, I really like the whole foreground of just billions of, you know, camera phones and people just, you know, Gosh. more constant and like taking pictures and cheering on, which is a very 21st century thing to do. If if somebody put this into you win or training ground, we would tear it apart because all of that stuff, like this guy had a choice where he was shooting from or SI in general had a choice where the multiple photographers they had there and the, their multiple remotes were shooting from. I don't see a whole lot of this when I'm shooting because I'm generally not directly behind where the crowd is. And if I am, I'm shooting with a 400 and this really wouldn't have been possible with that but no so if i knew okay i can't even tell did their editor shoot this so i'm not sure if he i I don't know i don't i don't know i'm really hoping that he wasn't there to edit and they just said go out and shoot or something um you know i know that si is trying to cut costs but doubling up on (laughs) i don't think they have staff photographers there anymore right no they don't but they have but they have guys who who are freelance who are there to shoot and not to edit so that's my first problem, I guess, with all of this is that it was shot by an editor and it should have been shot by a photographer. And so, like I said, I don't really see this a whole lot, but I do go to concerts once in a while and I do see concert pictures once in a while where the foreground is all people on their phones. And it does look cooler because usually it's completely dark mm. and the, the only light is from the stage and from the screens of the mobile phones. So maybe that's why I don't like this is that I've seen pictures like this of bands before. I haven't seen it in sports pictures, and so in that respect, you know, good for trying it. But the thing is, is a cover of a magazine, and what do we have? We have billboards. We have the name of the track obscured by one of the billboards, and we have a white pickup truck in the background and a random smattering of VIPs, I guess, and cops on horseback. That's not good. And any one of those things, I think, could be overcome, but altogether, I think... No. So, Mm. you know, how do you fix it? Well, I don't know. If you were shooting with like a 24 1.4 and you focus on the phones and you could just see the horse and a bunch of blobs or shapes or whatever in the background, then maybe. Mm. Or if you were shooting with a tilt shift lens, maybe. If you could get his camera up a little bit higher and shoot down so that, again, the top of this, I guess they probably wouldn't have run it without those trees and the sky in the background, you know, maybe making this completely impossible, but it's not good. And, you know, just because it's better than the out of focus garbage that they put on the cover sometimes 
doesn't mean it's a good picture. This has significant flaws with the background that are not overcome by the foreground or even the subject of the picture. So no, it's not good. Not good. It's terrible. It's a terrible picture. No, I still like it. Maybe I'm just like putting my the bar so low for sports this right now. This, I mean, like I don't. I probably I probably don't don't not like it as much as Matt Cohen does. I think it does tell a story, and I think it's enough story to tell. I don't even know if the if the story is anything because who doesn't know that a lot of people aren't content to look at other people's professional pictures after, but need camera phone pictures from way too far away it's been that way for seven eight years now to me it just really shows how big the event was that was like and it's it's happening in 2015 compared to whatever actually have been because like i i thought like okay so how how else could you could you actually have shot this and put the context off the crowd to me i, I like the idea a lot executed to perfection no is this going to like, you know, if it's on, on training ground or whatever, one of those things, like, would you, would I probably talk about it? Would I say probably bad things? But I, yeah, I definitely will. Because it's just too, so many things going on in the background. Maybe if it was completely full, like if there's so much more things, like more people, for instance. On the infield. More police. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be even better. Because I think the, the green between the, the, uh, the orange people kind of does bother me. But all in all, it's a decent picture. But Matt hates it, so, you know, I hope Sports Illustrated just goes bankrupt so we don't have to talk about this anymore. They should have just had a drone. If this is the picture that they wanted, they should have had a drone that the edge of it was where it said Belmont, where you could see the whole thing, and then the track and the first 10 rows of people in the stands. Yeah, it would have been really cool to actually like see you know, that it yeah, been, from the top, you know. That would have been better than this, yeah. It's one of those things you got to agree, disagree. But, you know, sometimes we need to talk about these things because we, we have... Um, opposite feelings about certain things and it's very very rare because most of the time we do agree a lot on most of the things and but sometimes you just don't so that's how it goes up and with that we end the 48th episode of big lens fast shutter can't do this without you my beautiful listeners and obviously rob with uh two piece who is our wonderful producer and even if you're not as evil as matt cohen if you are please go to our facebook page and like us um that is you know facebook and just search for big lens fast shutter better yet do that and subscribe to our blog at big so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits and if you love us even more please rate this podcast on itunes and obviously if you have that dollar in your pocket please donate to us via our home page at big to recap facebook blog itunes and donate rinse repeat love us more see you next month Did I record this? I think, oh god.